Hello, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with a long, hard winter of other <laughs> pop culture. I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking about the 2018 novel Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wabgi Shig Rice. But before we get into our regular check-in and book club talk, we've got a little announcement. So Vicky, you, you got something to share with the class? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that exciting, though. I mean, maybe it's a little sad. I don't know. I feel a little it's conflicted sad. about it. <laughs> What's this great news? No, it's terrible. Um, well, so I have decided to take a little bit of a, a break, long-term break from the podcast. So this is my last official uh, NG book club uh, at all episode. What? What if, what if I pretended I was surprised? <laughs> would be pretty uh, shady of me to be like, see ya. I'm out. Vicky messaged me and me only. This is totally yeah. new for Doug. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I will, if, if, assuming you will have me back. Absolutely um, not. I'm course. sure I'll be back no, for just some kidding. <laughs> guest appearances. Um, especially I'm thinking like when we revisit like Adam Silvera's third oh, book yes. in that yes, trilogy. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like. You know, I'm still here. Yeah, uh, always welcome. Yeah, shifting more to friend of the pod versus person of the pod. <laughs> I mean, founding member always. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> NG for life. <laughs> so that's my big news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, you are always welcome to pop into any episode we're doing that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're not going to stop bothering you. Yeah, I was so. going to say, we're still <laughs> friends in real life, so yeah, it's not a goodbye for us. True. It's mostly a goodbye for the listeners who yeah. don't know you. Much bigger oh, yeah. change Sorry. for listeners than it is for the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think about that. That didn't like cross us in my mind. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, always welcome back. And, you know, it'll just be uh, a sweet surprise for future episodes when you're able to join us again. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. NG will live on, right? So you two are holding up the helm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure folks could derive from that that Katie and I will continue to make novel gaming episodes. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll continue content. hearing. The, yeah, you'll continue hearing the two of us, and who knows, maybe you'll hear uh, some new rotating voices along the way. We'll oh, see. We don't yeah, really have knows? a plan, um, but uh, for that part at least. But um, who knows? We'll see. Anything's Surprises. possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well. Uh, we ready to get back into our normal scheduled programming then? Sure. Yeah. And Vicky, since it's your last check-in, you get to start us off. What have you been playing lately? Gosh, well, I'm excited to play God of War in oh, yes. three days from <laughs> now. But when you're listening, it will be out. So I hope everybody's playing God of War. Um, I am playing... Uh, Death Stranding, which I I think I've talked about that I started it, but I recently went back to it and have put in some hours. Um, I wasn't sure how I was feeling about it because it's a little intense at times and it's hard to know what's going on and there's a lot of things. So like your character walks a lot, but there are a lot of things that you do while you walk to like manage your, your walking experience if that makes sense mm -hmm. so it's not boring by any means and it's also it felt a little overwhelming so i was like mm. i don't know if i like want to do this um but i i went back to it and i'm like really into it and it's absolutely playing to my need to clean up environments um mm. there are packages everywhere in the world and you can only carry so many at one time and it's really hard to walk by something and not grab it um so i'm working on um managing my weight load in the game so it's it's been good um, I really am confused, but I really want to know what's happening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And this is, um, I'm playing the director's cut version. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know all of the differences, except like, this is a PS5 version. Um, and they've removed some advertising. So oh, interesting. I, yeah. I learned this today. Uh, I guess monster energy drinks was a sponsor. <laughs> and so you have to drink you have a canteen, but there's also what? like energy drinks in your private room and it straight up was monster. What? Yeah. So that's gone. Future fueled but, by monster. 
Yeah, and like one of the other actions in the game that you do is you take a shower, which is like whatever you can like so, use the bathroom and stuff. No, wait, wait. And when so this is like a video game that like includes all the things that we don't think about in like TV shows and movies, like using the bathroom, showering, yeah. eating, like all those things you know characters have to do, but they're considered like too ordinary to include in the story. Yeah. Oh no, it's important. <laughs> the The drinking is important to your stamina. And then Amazing. the showering is important because of a reason I won't say. It's not a spoiler. Hygiene. But it, Zombies yeah, can well, smell you. And neither of those things. Oh. I think you're pretty dirty most of the time. Um, <laughs> but when you, yeah. when you shower, the doors close. And it, Norman Reedus is the main character in Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors close and it gives you an ad for his AMC show. The Walking Dead? It's like. No, no, no. Is that, that's what I thought too. It's like him on a motorcycle. I think it's like ride on or something, but he's like, he's got a shit eating grin, like having a good time, which is in such a juxtaposition to the character that he's playing in this game. That is so, so that bizarre. Is so yeah. every time you take a shower, you get a commercial. I think so. I've only showered a couple times. Um, yeah. Wow. That is so, <laughs> so weird. Goofy. Yikes. Yeah, so and I I hate that stuff cuz I was like, going to say I, I paid for the game. You had a big budget. I don't know why you have to do this over advertising. Um, that breaks the immersion for me mm-hmm. in games, but it's better than it was, I guess. Hmm. That's I didn't know any of that. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. It's it's a weird game. It's interesting, but like it's weird. It's got a lot of weird quirks. Yeah, but I'm into hmm. it, so that's all. That's so strange. But yeah. I'm glad you like it. I um it's the type of game that I was like, I don't know and not that I knew anything about it, because especially leading up to it, everyone was like, what is this? And then I feel like even yeah. when it dropped, everyone was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I never knew if it was something I would like. But the more you've told us about it, um, the more I've been like, maybe I would enjoy it. But I think I would have similar feelings to you about like the commercials and the product yeah. placement. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird move. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like every every time I do something, like there's something weird or like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> All right. But so it's, strange. it's good. Yeah. So, Doug, what are you playing? Um, well, I have two things. I'll mention one briefly, just because I feel very accomplished. And then the other one I'll mention specifically for you, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yes. To celebrate, you know, um, or I guess to honor. <laughs> I don't really know. Whatever. Oh. Um, but the first thing is I just need to celebrate myself for reaching page 10 of the freaking Fortnite battle pass where i got spider gwen skin um, so i can now play as spider gwen which i think should now wash away all of my regret (laughs) from like four (laughs) seasons ago or whatever when i didn't complete the battle pass that i paid for to get (laughs) spider-man and i've been regretting it ever since so when i saw that spider gwen was there i was like now's my chance to make up for all of my miss uh, givings whatever um and in not getting spider-man so i completed it congrats amazing thank you so much um anyway all that said i've been playing a lot of Fortnite. um Nice. The thing that I will mention specifically uh, to honor you, Vicky, is I mm-hmm. finally started playing Bug Snacks. Yes! Oh my gosh. <gasps> <gasps> Tell me honestly what you think. Um, I like it a lot. It's really fun. Okay. It feels like, it, it honestly feels like the type of game I would have loved and still love, but would have loved um, when I was like getting into gaming with my PS1, you know? Ooh, like it yeah. kind of has some of those same vibes and it's like weird and wackiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I'm not bothered by the fact that, that, bug snacks are eaten but i am bothered by the <laughs> fact that they change people's bodies in ways that i can no longer recognize anybody oh yeah <laughs> yeah i agree I'm like i don't know who any of you are anymore <laughs> yeah. you're the tall one so i know who you are <laughs> yeah and you're the one who won't eat them so i know who you are um oh. but uh but <laughs> but that's that's uh you know that's I, I can get used to that but no it's really really fun and it's like as far as like quote monster collecting games go it finally feels like a very different one like i've played oh, several good. 
sort mm-hmm. of like Pokemon inspired monster collecting games, but they all kind of just feel like, oh, well, we wanted to make a Pokemon game that feels more like generation five Pokemon because that's what we grew up with. Or we wanted to make a Pokemon game that had a new battle system, but it's still kind of like Pokemon. This actually feels like a new kind of monster collecting game and i really enjoy it like it's a problem solving capture game you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's which Mm -hmm. is neat and i feel like i've finally gotten to the point where like i'm really having to solve problems to figure out how to like get some of these little critters that i can't like reach or that i don't know or that like beat me up and i don't know how to make them stop beating (laughs) me up you know yeah so it's it's a lot of fun it's uh it's a really really cool game i i i had told katie this because uh katie was there when i was playing it (laughs) oh nice um i for some reason missed that it was like a first person perspective game Oh, i don't know how i missed that but that that makes it pretty cool too it's almost like snap meets classic pokemon yeah 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 yeah. um i think in this in the update or with the update for the dlc you see your hands mm-hmm. and you never oh. could do that. Or I don't remember doing that in the original. Interesting. Which I, I thought that that'd was be weird. Different. Well, yeah. so I, I have seen my hands. I don't know mm-hmm. to what degree you're talking, but like I've seen them and I know that I have because I can choose like what color fur I have and it oh. changed oh. How do you change how, your what fur my hands color? looked like. Yeah, I didn't know that. I don't remember how I did it. I just remember getting to choose. <laughs> Damn. Huh. So I will investigate and report back. Yeah. Well, and I think that's it's just like your hands. Is, that's it. Like yeah. when you're doing stuff. But I didn't know you could change your fur color. Yeah. No. That's cool. Oh. Yay. Kind of bug and kind of snack. Kind of bug and kind so of snack. Happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, so good. <laughs> I'm excited for you to progress, uh, Doug, yeah. to really... The story, it... uh. It'll throw you for a loop. Oh, yeah. I bet. <laughs> it, it's it's it starts in a loop, so I can only imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Krumpus? Um, so far, I mean, I do like. Is it Bethica or Bethica? Oh, hell yeah, I, I do, Bethica. I mean, I, Katie's, it's, yeah. Like a, it's hard it's not, not to. I mean, one, she's one of the first ones you meet, and she so far I think is the one with like the most personality uh, mm. that I've met. So I mm-hmm. like her a lot. Um, and I think I've only really met like a handful of them. So okay. she's she's probably the standout for me. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I nice. I feel like we like I don't know why, but I'm just gonna admit to this. I feel like a weird sort of like um like uh like aversion to the one that doesn't eat them, even though I like that they don't eat them. Mm, yeah. I'm, like, Is it I don't Grandel? Know, Gramble? I don't I think it's Gramble. Gramble. Um mm-hmm. I like collecting them for Gramble. And yeah. I don't want him to him. I don't know them to eat bug snacks mm-hmm. if they don't want to. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm like, I don't know. We're doing a community thing. Let's all eat some bug snacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're bonding. Snack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love it. <laughs> well, Katie, what have you been playing? Yeah, I have not been playing a whole ton. I've been kind of traveling around. So what I have been playing has been mostly like handheld stuff. So I've dipped into um, Metroid Zero Mission for Game Boy Advance. Uh I've never played a Metroid game before. I have heard about Metroidvania. Like I know the style. but uh, this game just, I, I don't know if there's a story in this game. There hasn't been any story. I started out and oh. just like, okay, go do your thing. Run around, unlock some stuff, <laughs> figure out the controls, and uh, I just keep keep moving. So I'm enjoying it. It's like a nice thing to just, you know, play for a little bit, find a safe spot, uh, and put down, uh, which is good for mm-hmm. when you're like traveling. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It, I I don't know how far I am. I don't I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the only Metroid game I've really played any of is Super Metroid. Mm. And I I didn't play very much of it. So I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it doesn't have a story, but I feel like it it did a thing where it just like dropped you into the game. Yeah. And I also was like, I have no idea. Like I have no clue what I'm doing. I found uh I found my ship and I was like, oh cool. I found my ship. Did I just beat the game? 
and then no- I did nothing with my ship. And I was like, oh, so I have to keep moving. I don't know where I unlocked. There's like map rooms that will like put a little beacon out. But, but like, there's no way I'm remembering all the steps it took to get to where I'm supposed to actually be. And I don't even know. if I, Is that like a super special challenge or is that something I have to follow? So I don't know. We're here. We're vibing as Samus. And I'm oh, rolling nice. around, dropping bombs. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what about watching stuff? Vicky, what are you watching? So I was recently on a plane and, you know, you have all of those movies at your disposal, which usually is overwhelming because I never know what to watch. Um, but House of Gucci popped up, Oh. which I think was last year. Or the year before. I mean, Ooh. you know, time kind of runs together. Right. Uh, but Lady Gaga as Patrizia oh. uh, Rajani oh, uh, and Adam movie. Driver. Yeah, Signora Gucci. Um, and it is inspired by the true story of, I guess, the decline of Gucci in this, uh, like, 80s, 90s when they lost, when the family gucci lost ownership of it and it went to like public um and big investors which is where it is now um i i don't know what i thought it was gonna be (laughs) i think because it's fashion i wanted it to be like really romantic and like glamorous Mm -hmm. um and it was dramatic and like those people holy smokes uh they're all backstabbing each other in the back and doing like wild stuff um uh, th- you know there's a psychic involved oh. uh, yeah oh my goodness pina yeah who like guided patrizia into making some very suspect decisions um and uh, now she's in jail, so both of them are in jail. So it was wild. And, you know, I really liked Lady Gaga's performance. I liked Adam Driver as well. Um, one thing I didn't get, and I, I do think this movie had, like, really good reviews, it jumped. Like, it was, the transitions were like, okay, here is a scene that is happening. Okay, they had a fight. and scene. Now we're two years later, and now they're doing this. Like it was oh, not like big time skips and stuff. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, and it just didn't feel very fluid. It wasn't hard to follow necessarily, but I was like, oh, okay, like we're just moving on. Um, so it it felt more. I mean, it it wasn't like a documentary, but it felt like a documentary would, without like the natural transition or storytelling. It just kind of like, boop, okay, next event. <laughs> um, so it was, and it was like two hours and thirty eight minutes. Oh my goodness, uh, that's very yeah. long. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if I would recommend it or would go back in. I would I would not watch it again. <laughs> um, so it was interesting. Sounds like That's one of those sure. things that was like interesting, but maybe not super enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I would have – there's a book. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it's not called House of Gucci. There's a book that also helped – inform this movie version and i think i would have rather read the book mm-hmm. but now i don't feel like i need to so yeah. <laughs> fair yeah yeah go lady gaga but yeah weird movie overall what is she, she's about to be in something i don't know i can't oh, think of she? what it is uh, yeah i thought i was gonna think of it and then i i didn't so now i've said this and it, it's gonna go nowhere <laughs> <laughs> well, good for her i'm glad she's still acting because she's good <laughs> oh well <laughs> yeah doug what are you watching well my october is bleeding into my november um Ooh. so it's it's still kind of all uh spooky horror stuff i've been watching dragula um because mm-hmm. that kicked off right around halloween um so that is officially in full effect it's their first sort of all returning uh contestants season it's called oh. titans dragula oh, titans damn. It's technically a spinoff um you know as much of a spinoff as like all stars is from drag race mm, okay. um and uh we'll see how it goes i sometimes 
I often appreciate that the Boulay brothers are like really candid about we're just we're trying to make an entertaining product and we will tell you all the things that we have a hand in um to to make the product that we want they're really straightforward about that right so if they do something that's meant to cause drama they're like yeah we did that to cause drama we're making mm. a tv show you know what i mean oh, um, okay. but this season <laughs> feels like they're just doing too much and we'll see oh, how it plays bleh. out when when we've gotten like a longer season but the first two weeks felt like two weeks of like two totally different shows which could oh. be cool if it's always like that um where it's like every week is a new formula but i don't think that's what they're going for so mm. we'll see we'll see mm. i'm gonna like it just because i like the artists on there and i love the boulets but uh <laughs> it's it's been a little messy so far <laughs> is yeah. this gonna i'm assuming you know because it's boulets and not drag race like they're not pulling like all star rules or like wacky stuff well, like that. Uh -oh. oh no. So no. I guess like some some format spoilers and some I guess kind of uh, like mechanism spoilers for Dragula. They don't the, the Boulets frequently reference that they are compared to Drag Race and don't like it, uh, yeah, which I get. Fair enough. And it's it, yeah, it would be annoying no matter what. Even if you were making a product that was almost exactly the same, it would be annoying because they've been doing their thing for a long time. I actually mm -hmm. just watched a video that was like eight years old of them like doing James St. James makeup. And we're talking mm -hmm. about how long they've been doing their thing. So they've been doing it for a very long time. So I get where they would get annoyed. But for their very first spin-off series they do an all-stars cast and then introduce a voting element in the first episode where the artists vote off somebody and mm. i was like if you yeah. don't want to be compared to drag race maybe don't do the exact same thing drag race does when they do their all-stars just a yeah. thought <laughs> interesting and like the thing that every well i guess i don't speak for everybody but that everybody hates you know like that that we hate in this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But it's, you know, it's compelling. I'm watching it. I'm not going to stop watching it. <laughs> yeah. It's where I get the spooky side of drag and all the alternative nice. drag. So, um, although I will say, Drag Race UK, I don't know, might be on track to, which, and Drag Race UK is judged by RuPaul Charles, hmm. um, but might be on track to be, uh, I don't know the outcome, but might be on track to crowning a type of performer that we uh, very rarely, if actually, have never seen RuPaul judge. So we'll see. We'll see. Huh, that's awesome. I don't want to say more yeah, uh, yeah. for anyone who hasn't watched the season yet, but huh. yeah. Sweet it's my deal. drag update. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty, what have you been watching? Yeah, so I have uh, not been watching a whole lot because of the traveling. So I'm actually going to plug a podcast that I don't think Ooh. I've ever talked about on here because i've been listening to things um it's called maintenance phase mm. it's oh yeah hosted, i've heard of this yeah it's hosted by aubrey gordon and michael hobbs and they are um great to listen to they're funny and they're smart insightful um well like they do a lot of research and what they do is they pick different things within the wellness and weight loss like fields and realms and look into it and tell you how much bullshit it is, Love <laughs> which is that. great. Yes. Um, so, you know, they've covered goop with the Ooh. Gwyneth Paltrow. They've talked about Dr. Oz. Oh. They've talked about apple cider Yikes. vinegar. Um, they've talked, the one I most recently listened to was an older one um, about uh a workout video that I used to do with my grandma back in the day, which was an Aww. Angela Lansbury workout <gasps> video. <laughs> yes. Which Amazing. She, so unlike a lot of the people on who they cover, she's not as terrible. She has some missteps um, for sure, but uh, for the most part, it, she's not the worst. Um, so okay. you can still enjoy Angela Lansbury. So it's just a really good podcast and I really enjoy listening to them. So Check it out. Maintenance phase. I do feel like, and I could be speaking totally out of my butt here, but I do feel like almost any celebrity that got into like a fitness type or like uh wellness type situation probably deserves like at least 
yeah. a second look because some For of them sure. are cool but also a lot of it had to do with like any sort of like fad workout diet regimen any sort of thing you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i mean the the so for the most part, Angela Lansbury's like, this is what I do. Who knows if it'll work for you? This is what I do. <laughs> See, that's it great. It feels good to move my body. This is how yeah. I move my body. But there is some time where she like, you know, stumbles into some, you know, fat phobia and conventional uh-huh. attractiveness stuff. And it's not as extreme as a lot of the other people and things that they talk about um, within their podcast, but it's still there. So, and I bet, I mean, if you're doing any sort of, if anybody is doing any sort of like, you know, health and fitness stuff, that's e- shit. Even doctors do it. There's probably going to be fat phobia in there mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just yeah. like embedded in our culture so yeah maintenance phase you'll learn and you'll laugh and you'll see how dumb a lot of the things we do as a society are (laughs) (laughs) yeah well is there anything else y'all are thinking about or want to mention I forgot to mention that the day after people or the day after this episode dropped. So maybe as people are listening to this, uh, the new Pokemon game came out. So I'm probably playing it right now. What? (laughs) It's not time yet. Yeah. We're we're in early November. Yeah. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet dropped the day after this episode, like our podcast episode dropped. So I'll be listening to this episode probably whilst I am playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to play both at the same time. What our podcast and Scarlet? Oh, I'm no, just no, saying no, Scarlet no. and Violet together. <laughs> well, and are you? But are you getting both? Are you doing a dual pack or what? What's your? I don't plan? think I'm going to do a dual pack, but I probably will okay. eventually have both of them. I'm going to start okay. with Scarlet. Okay. I normally nice. start with the cool colors, but like everyone I've talked to is like, I'm getting Violet this time. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> y'all have to come to me then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it snuck up on us. Yeah, it really did. There's a lot. Vicky will be killing gods in God of War, yeah. and Doug will be yeah. catching Pokemon. Who knows? That maybe mi- who knows where all catching end up. gods. Oh yeah. yes, legendary. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do to gods, Katie? I don't know. <laughs> Ignore them, maybe. I'm not yeah. sure. I like that. I like that answer. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, we ready to talk book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So as mentioned earlier, we are talking about um, the 2018 book Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wabgishig Rice. Katie. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find this book? Yeah. How did you find this yeah. book? Great I question. I have an idea, but I don't want to assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things happened. Um, so <laughs> I had wanted to read something like a little scary with y'all. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up horror books and I also, it so in, um, in the United States, it's Native American Heritage Month. And uh, so I wanted to read something by an indigenous author. Wabgishig Rice is indigenous in Canada, so it doesn't even fit within the month, but yeah. an indigenous author I mean... with a horror book. And Those are yeah, also our broader, borders. Broader America. <laughs> yeah. Broader America. Right. Um, so I was looking through and there were a, a lot of like horror sci-fi horror slash sci-fi. This I would say, I don't know, post-apocalyptic, but not sci-fi. Um, I was uh, looking through lists and then also checking my Libby app to see what I could get. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was the first one that seemed to be more widely available. And then I asked y'all if you could get it with a mild disclaimer that I was looking for a horror book. And it, I maybe said it was also post-apocalyptic. I can't remember. <laughs> and uh, y'all said yes and yes. So that's how we ended up here. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So I... um I looked back to see how you, how you <laughs> yeah. prefaced it. You didn't say post-apocalyptic, I don't uh, think. Whoops. I think it was just sort of like, uh, can you get this um, if you're cool with something kind of scary? And what's int- and this kind of came up in our last episode too, like figuring out like what level of scary things are. So I was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to go in just assuming it's like kind of a horror book. <laughs> we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get into how much. <laughs> 
Um, but I was expecting, it's weird. I feel like expectations, um, kind of matter a lot with this book, I think is what I'll say since we haven't really Mm -hmm. talked much about it yet. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into things to give a tease and then we could talk expectations kind of as we get more into it, do folks have a one sentence description? Um, kind of, this is something I want to talk about, but something that was like top of mind when I was reading it, like, um, uh, what happens when, you know, society, when we lose those simple luxuries and society like has to act in like primal ways So like when shit hits the fan, like what do people actually do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say it, it's a, it's a story that sort of describes the effects of a large scale disaster on yeah. a community that's largely cut off from everybody else already yeah because it takes place on a on a reservation that is like far Mm -hmm. away from from other people yeah i don't think there's anything i would add besides the word unsettling i would just toss that in there yeah yeah Yeah. i think i was largely unsettled most of the way through yeah so before we get into discussion we're definitely going to spoil this book. So if you keep listening, be ready to learn about the things that happened. And before we start talking, it's important to note that a lot of heavy stuff happens and is mentioned in this book. Um, I I don't think anything was ever like super graphically described or described for too long. Um, I don't know, Vicky and Doug, if you felt like anything went on too long. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anything was was I don't think any of this stuff was was drawn out very much. Yeah, yeah, I think no. the the ratio of like the heavy stuff to the more ordinary stuff, like the more ordinary stuff takes up much more of the book. Yeah. But the the intense stuff is intense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the intense stuff is racism, death, gun violence, uh alcoholism, suicide, starvation, and cannibalism. So if you plan on reading that, keep that in mind. Uh, I'm not sure where, how much of that is going to come up in our in our discussion. I'm guessing at least a little bit. So uh, if you're not into like hearing about any of that kind of stuff, totally cool. Just stop playing, and we'll we'll see you in a couple Ooh. weeks um, <laughs> for our next one. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. So where do we start? <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to start with um, how I came into the book. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I also will say I I like this book. Um, I think it's a good book. Mm-hmm. I think it is a hard book to say that I enjoyed yeah. reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. think once I was done with it and was sort of reading a little bit more after the fact, it's a really good book. Um, I came into the book sort of thinking okay it's it's like a horror book uh and then i kind of looked a little bit at like how it was described and i saw post-apocalyptic i saw thriller i saw a lot of words that like i get why they are used to qualify this book but they all feel like maybe too intense for the actual like tone and vibe of the book because it's very like a very big chunk like like i would say more than half of the book is actually like rather ordinary to the point where i was like I don't know when something's going to happen. And I, knowing it is potentially kind of horror, potentially thriller, like, I'm waiting. Like, (laughs) and then the tension just kept growing, which I guess is tension. It's it's effective, right? Like, that's what tension's supposed to do. But I was like, something needs to happen. (laughs) I was interested, but like, I was expecting something like big. Like, I was expecting the gag. And then, like, Mm -hmm. dreams would happen. And I was like, okay, it's here. That was very abrupt. But then it was, it would reveal itself to be a dream. And I was like, okay, so, okay, that was a tease. We're not there yet. (laughs) So I feel like the expectations I had really sort of like, um, I I wouldn't say negatively affected it because I think it was really effective in what it was doing, that tension. Um, But I really was like, for most of the book, like, I can't wait to find out what's going on. And we found out some things that are going on, but I still don't know the answer to the question I had at the very beginning of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think my expectations were even different because I I read a little bit about it, but I much more got the like thriller vibe like, okay, it's on this native reservation and a white guy shows up and shit 
happens, right? Oh, so I was okay. Like, so you knew that he showed up before you started reading it? Yes. Okay. So okay. I expected stuff to happen much earlier and much quicker and for it to be different. I was actually, it like felt so realistic to me. And I was like, I, I this is my own fault. I read it all today. And so <laughs> I was like mostly listening to this book and then I read a mm -hmm. little bit of it. And so I was just like feeling so much. I was like, oh my God, I need to start doomsday prepping. Yeah, I, no, I did have that thought too. <laughs> I like need to learn how to defend myself, right? All these things. Cause it's a horror. I would still, I would say it's a horror book, but it's like a, I almost would have preferred a more supernatural, more like extreme yeah. horror that didn't feel like, oh shit, I need to actually do things to like well, be okay. <laughs> I do think that those little bits and pieces of intensity work because so much of the book is so hyper-realistic. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they don't really ever explicitly say supernatural things are happening. Uh, there's like some stuff that kind of like teeters on the the edge, mm -hmm. but is probably open to some interpretation. But I think because everything is so hyper realistic, it makes all the things that are bad that much worse. Yeah. Uh, the hyper realism uh, kind of stemmed for me like from the pandemic. Yeah. There was a time where I was rushing to Kroger because everybody else was rushing to Kroger because we thought we're not going to be able to get like food. And I, you know, what did I get? Frozen pizzas, not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, was, it was quick and that not great, out. but yeah, you know, like they talked about having stores for, I don't, didn't they say like two, two years, years for 500 worth? people? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, I should probably be stocking up. Cause you know, I know cans are good for 10 years past our expiration dates. Like, Oh really? Maybe I should have, yeah. Uh, I learned that at a, um, volunteering at a food pantry once hmm. um so like i should probably have that stuff on hand but do i know but this book made me freak out and think about it so maybe <laughs> i will yeah i think it's possible that folks would listen to our discussion and not necessarily read the book because they want to hear what we have to say but maybe the warning was like okay maybe not the book for me so like to provide a little bit of context like there's this there's this native reservation oh, yeah. in Canada and all the power, all the cell service, all that sort of stuff goes out. And then they learn that it went out everywhere. And so mm -hmm. the, basically like we don't spoiler alert, we'd never find out what Happened. what the event yeah. is, but we do learn that it's happening everywhere. Yeah, cuz at first they're just like, oh, that's like life on the res. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, it's not just, it's everywhere. And there's a panic that slowly builds. Mm -hmm. And this, to me, felt so different from Midnight Sunlight, Good Night Good, night, good Morning Midnight. <laughs> I, I thought of this book too, Vicky. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, because something happened there as well. And the protagonist in that book was already pretty isolated, but was alone up north. Mm-hmm. And knew that they couldn't contact other people, but I didn't feel as nervous. I mean, that, you know, the genre was different, but like that to me didn't feel as nerve wracking as, as this situation did pretty consistently. Hmm. That's interesting too. Cause like in theory, well, I don't know, like community, right? Like one of the things yeah. that they talked about a lot in this was community, right? And how. Mm -hmm. We need to support one another, right? Like Evan, who is the main character who we follow throughout, is a big community guy. So he's like going to people's houses to make sure their firewood is stocked and that they've got their rations and all this kind of stuff. So it's interesting. In theory, I think I would feel more comfortable in a situation where there is community because then you have other people. But you're right. I felt way less tense reading good morning midnight than i did reading this book yeah and something this might be a personal failing uh but i think the thing that had me on edge the whole time is just you don't know how people are gonna act i don't know in my head it's like you know you think you know people but then given a situation where there's no food you don't know what, how people are going to react or like, what are they going to do and how easily they could get swayed one way or another. Um, so I, I, even though there was community, it's like, 
I don't, I don't trust people. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. You might yeah. stab me and then eat me. I don't know, which didn't happen in this book, but. <laughs> it, right. I mean, it might be different though, right? Because we don't, we don't necessarily have the same type of community That's that the folks very who lived on the reservation in this book had, right? Like we don't, right. we don't have those same connections in our neighborhoods. Yeah. Yep. And like the this book specifically introduces like the visitor right like oh the, the person yeah, who is the outside worst. of the community right and i have plenty to say about him but i i get what you're saying uh, like both of you were saying about like for some reason this felt like tenser than mm -hmm. uh good morning midnight and i i so i just did a, a full michael myers halloween rewatch right <laughs> and and i swear this is relevant um the <laughs> this the the second movie in the new trilogy that they just did it's called halloween kills and that whole movie is about sort of like how quickly group think and group fear can like mm. corrupt a community right and so mm -hmm. that whole the whole trilogy kind of deals with the idea that like fear can 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 really do terrible things um one of the most terrifying things in Halloween Kills is like the crowd turning into a mob, right? Yep. It's like yep. they're defending they're defending their town against who we all know is a villain, but they still turn into a mob and terrible stuff happens because they turn into a mob. And this sort of like this book doesn't get to that point, but that's what I had in the back of my head. I was like, oh no, is 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 like the horror and the thriller aspect of this going to be simply the community kind of like turns on itself? And I actually was mm -hmm. really glad that they introduce this horrible guy yeah. um, to sort of represent like, no, like he's the Michael Myers figure, right? It's not yeah. that they are doing it to each other. It's that he comes in um, and sort of disrupts their community, even though they have their problems, like disrupts their community um, and ends up really kind of fucking them over. Yeah. Yeah. So we could talk about Scott, Let's fucking do it. Justin Scott, two names, mm -hmm. two first names, can't trust them. Exactly. Um, okay, so I was gonna say that too, and I can't remember why where I heard that. I don't like, know why either. I like it's have just internalized an old thing. it. People I feel like yeah. I've I've been hearing it since I was a little kid. Can't trust yeah, can't, can't trust, trust a guy with two, with two first, first names. names. Yeah. Especially <laughs> a white guy who shows up on a native reservation oh with two first names with a bunch God. of guns. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, God. Did, yeah. Did not like him from the second he hopped off that snowmobile. Yeah. What a tool. Yeah. And it's, know. you know, it's, it's worth, I mean, I think people know this, but it's like worth mentioning, like we're three white people talking about this, but like, it's so, it was so clear the moment he showed up, the way he was speaking, right? Mm -hmm. To them, mm -hmm. not with them, to them. And mm -hmm. like always saying we and us way oh before so anybody entitled. i was like yeah. oh my gosh this fucking guy uh -huh. <laughs> and how he spoke to evan and isaiah right they were the first two to meet him i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was like way too comfortable way too fast but then when uh terry shows up he's like oh, let me put on like my yeah. fake ass mask and pretend I'm actually respecting you. And I love yeah. that Evan saw through that the entire time. Yep. I was so frustrated that I think other people did see it, but uh, they were still like way too nice to him. <laughs> I was shocked, shocked. And I don't know, you know, this, I, I don't know enough to know if my shock is based purely on an assumption that is perhaps problematic. I don't know. But I was like shocked that more people weren't upset that he crashed their meeting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, like that seems like the type of thing that would be wildly disrespectful to do. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I just was, I was really floored that more people weren't like, who the fuck is this guy get him out of here you yeah. know what i mean yeah and there were plenty of people and you know our scope is limited because we only really learn the thoughts of the characters that are sort of immediately surrounding evan and so we didn't maybe there were people in the room who were like shocked and appalled or whatever someone like, did show who the fuck is this yeah totally <laughs> yeah. totally yeah i love that um but i just was surprised that he was even able to be in there as long as he was mm-hmm 
Because it is this really specific community that is existing under very specific historical circumstances that governs in a way different than other places that, you know, most people in the United States or Canada would be used to. And this dude just waltzes in and is like, us, we, let's do this together. And it's like, who, what? Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) they said too that like, you know, it's so remote that we don't just get visitors, right? So right. like mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of people coming out here to visit. They come here to, you know, do work or serve as a healthcare worker or something for a little bit. But we don't get just like random people. Everyone who comes here comes with a purpose. And mm-hmm. I mean, Scott definitely came with a purpose. We never fully figure out like yeah, what exactly well his I don't know what his ultimate motive was. I don't know that he come. I don't think he knows his, I think it's possible. I should say that he doesn't even come there knowing his own purpose. He just knows that he can go to this place and probably knows that he can sort of force his way into it. Mm -hmm. And then like, just kind of decides his own place there you know like he followed these two kids there i don't think he knew what he was getting because he explicitly says like oh i got here because i followed the sled tracks i don't think he like looked at a map and decided that's where he was going um but i I think that's part of the that's probably part of the point right like yeah he just sort of like recklessly came in and just took over (laughs) yeah yeah classic Mm mm-hmm can we talk about Kevin and Nick, the kids that he ended up following? Yeah. Or the young adults, I should say. I think they're like 19 or something. Yeah, they're college age, uh, college age folks. Their story was so intense. And so these two young adults were in college uh, in Gibson, in the city to the south. And uh, when whatever happens, happens and people start not knowing how to handle stuff and so it just evolves Mm -hmm. like pretty quickly so they do some like reconnaissance work they find some snowmobiles they pack and store some stuff and kill or seriously injure two people who are trying to get them before they leave and like take their stuff uh i was like oh my gosh these like people have been through so much and then to come home and still have to experience like the rest of winter like that was at kind of the start of everything and also i couldn't help because disclosure we've all worked in college campuses at one Mm -hmm. point or another so i was just like oh my gosh what would it be like to be like a Mm -hmm. residence hall staff during like something like this yeah yeah i maybe that's why I know I had that thought, but I didn't dwell on it. But maybe that's why that section like hit so hard when they were first introduced and they like showed up. It's like, oh, great. You know, like yeah. I know they were worried about him. They hadn't heard from the kids. That's that's awesome. And it didn't it didn't like feel traumatic. Mm-hmm. But then when they like did the line by line of what they were experiencing, that was like pretty horrific mm-hmm. um, and terrifying. So uh, ugh. it's. So I didn't know when this book was published until after I finished reading it. And I was genuinely surprised that this was a pre-COVID, pre-COVID pandemic book because it feels like, and it it makes sense because it also has a specific sort of cultural uh, context to it. But like, it feels like a post-COVID book. It feels Mm -hmm. like a lot of the stuff that was coming out in 2021 and will continue to come out, I think, for a while that sort of addresses these sort of quieter post-apocalyptic scenarios, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. kind of like a Chuck Wendig's Wanderers or like stuff like that, where it's just sort of like something is slowly happening and no one really knows what or how to Mm -hmm. tackle it. Like it felt so much like that. And I couldn't help but think of like the cruise ship stories during that part of the book when they were describing the college campus stuff. I was like this feels like it is directly inspired um by some of those scenarios and then to find out it was written before i was like oh my gosh like this author like nailed it like in a really morbid way yeah yeah one thing that brought me a lot of comfort was evan and nicole's relationship so steady and normal (laughs) despite all the craziness my north star she's the one who says this is solid right yeah. I love that. Yeah. I like that a lot. 
Yeah. Oh, when they were right when Evan comes home and she like hugs him. She yeah. Yeah. Says, exactly. This is solid or this feels safe or like something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she, exactly like, those things. She said, this is solid. This feels safe. And it's funny because he was like, what'd you say? And she's like, nothing. I'm just glad you're home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you two are so cute. So cute. <laughs> I, and I, I also liked when they flipped narration for them mm-hmm. too. Because mm-hmm. you get sometimes mostly Evan and then sometimes Nicole. And I thought that was always refreshing because Evan's stuff usually was a little bit heavier or he was doing his tasks were a little bit darker than hers at mm-hmm. times. So I liked when they flipped it back and forth. Um, I felt like that kept, kept it from like being like too, too despairing. Yeah. Yeah. And for I liked sure. when Evan recognized because he was doing so many tasks and like was out in the community more. Mm-hmm. I like when he recognized when he, I think when he was talking to um, the elder Eileen, mm-hmm. uh, when Eileen was like, oh, yeah, Nicole, like when it becomes spring, ask her to take you out to see like the the like medicinal herbs. Right. Yeah. Um, or flowers or plants or whatever. And then he was like, oh, that's right. She's actually been like trying to study stuff and mm-hmm. she's taking care of our kids. Dang. She's like doing a lot. Maybe I'm going to ask my parents to watch our kids for a night or something. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn straight Evan, you better like yeah. <laughs> give her a break. She's doing a lot of work too. <laughs> yeah. They were so, their whole family was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there's their, their family. No. So, okay. I'm reminded because this happens very shortly in the book after that interaction we were talking about where he comes home and she says that, mm. um, th- I'm very, okay. First off, Vicky, did you read this physical book or did you listen to this? Uh, digital. But, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> read yeah, it. Yeah. Read it. So maybe this is more, uh, I'll be curious to hear from both of you, but Katie, you probably had a similar experience to I did. I'd be curious if you did or not. Mm-hmm. Th- right. Very shortly after that, there's a dream sequence Oh yes. and it doesn't clarify it's a dream sequence until until it's over Uh um and and this is about halfway through the book so i've been wondering this whole time like when is when is like the scary thing gonna happen Mm -hmm. when is the Mm -hmm. thing that when is the the reveal happening the prestige or whatever um and there's this dream sequence where he goes to the community center Mm -hmm. and and i listened to it no joke like five times Uh because i was like i think i missed something like the big thing has begun and i don't know what it is if i had just gotten through the whole thing to get to the point where it was a dream it would have been fine but Mm. i was like whoa we just ramped up real fast and it sounds like katie you had a similar experience pretty much every dream sequence (laughs) happened like that i was like whoa whoa, whoa, wait what happened you found what did somebody say something and I like missed it? Was there a time jump? <laughs> Vicky, was it clear having the no. words in front of you? Okay. No. So, and I know exactly where, cause I did the same thing and <laughs> yes, there was a line break, you know, so there was like a little bit, sure. but it just seemed like a passage of time mm-hmm. because I, I did, I did the same thing. And then I was like, wait a second here. Like this seems no, 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 no. And then I went back and then I continued on and, realize it was stream but yeah no same experience reading the book too i uh when i'm listening to something i don't give myself as much credit as when i'm using my eyeballs you know so i was like i'm i must have zoned out like and so i just kept going back which was so funny i think i was better about the the you know any that followed because that one was was so abrupt but i was like oh my gosh i think there were like three or four dreams mm-hmm. and the one you're talking about might be like the second i think one. so because it was got, at least one before that yeah. yeah i still got like confused with later ones i was like time out what did i miss uh but nothing <laughs> i missed somebody falling asleep yeah, <laughs> yeah. what yep. did y'all make yep. of the dreams like did you i mean none of them were good dreams right Mm-mm. but did you like I don't know, try to read in and predict what was going to happen next when you realized they were dreams? Did you just kind of be like, okay, cool, let's see what happens? I don't know. How did you how did you interact or engage with the dreams? I think I just interpreted them as like stress dreams. Mm. Like this is a really stressful time. And so like it's manifesting in dreams and because I've been having some crazy dreams too. So like mm. <laughs> not, you know, apocalyptic, but like, kind That's of good. relatable. Like it's just a manifestation of stress and like all the stuff that was going on. I don't think I read into it 
very much. I, the one with that that we just talked about had Scott, Justin, whatever his name is, in it, right? Yeah, so as like, the Beast. Yeah, I mean that. I was like that tracks, but <laughs> um, I, you know, I didn't see it as a a one to one translation necessarily. Yeah, I I think I like the way you put that, Vicky. That they were stress dreams. I think because we were seeing things primarily through Evan's perspective, and he kind of is suspicious of Scott, rightfully so, and validatingly so. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like from the jump, to me, I think stress dreams but almost like stress dreams plus like mm, yeah i think if you're somebody who feels like dreams are significant or that they guide you or that they you know give you some sort of uh like indication of how you need to move forward like i think it fits into that sort of um belief as well you know like so i think it, it was sort of like a stress dream but even more so because they I don't know. Like he's he was right. <laughs> and <laughs> right, I do think right, right, there right. is I do think there is a mild supernatural element sort of woven through here. I don't know if you all read or listened to the epilogue and then launched from there. Uh-huh. Um, but I started to look more into just Wendigo yeah. folklore and stuff, and I feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like the dreams probably sort of relate to that in some way. So that's why I feel like they're maybe slightly more than stress dreams, but primarily stress dreams. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I thought stress dreams, but then I was also like trying to read in to stuff or like mm. when I, I finished right before we did this. So I have not read the afterward. I read the epilogue, but not like mm. the afterward yet. So I'll have to go back and do that. But I think it's super worth it. As I was reading through, um, I was like, oh, the dad talked about his dream. People were hungry in that dream. Everybody like looked not great. Let me put a pin in that. Okay, Scott is an asshole and the bodies are are wrapped and dead. Oh. Okay, that's not a great sign. So there were things I was like, okay, how is this going to play out? And then when I read further, I was like, okay, I could see connections back. But when I was in it, because, you know, I've had some wild ass dreams when I've been stressed. Um, so because it's a book. I love foreshadowing. I was trying to pick up on the foreshadowing, um, mm. but I don't. I couldn't have predicted. The cannibalism caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, if I, 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 there was a part of me that was wondering, like, if these are meant to be prophetic in any sort of way, does this mean that we are going to get just like a sort of straightforward serial killer story? Right. You know, like mm, guy yeah. comes in, starts killing people. Like, I thought maybe that was a possibility as well. Yeah. Yeah, and like when Jenna and Tara die after the party, I was like, did something weird happen? Nobody wants to talk about that night. Like, did Scott do something? Um, Which, I don't know, we don't know. Uh, But I did not think of the beast as like a beast that would actually eat people. Yeah. So I did not grow up learning anything about Wendigo tales or the Wendigo as like a a sort of supernatural creature. Um, I I believe that it crosses lots of different cultures, especially native cultures Um, in North America, it seems like. Also, I'm going to be speaking sort of clumsily, so I hope folks will forgive me. Um, But I do think it is also a like pretty significant to Anishinaabe people, uh, which the story we never we didn't mention it, but the story mm. takes place specifically on an Anishinaabe reservation. Um, and Wendigos have a lot to do with winter and cannibalism and mm. greed and um, like the idea that people can. In some traditions, it sounds like people can transform into Wendigos based on their own greed um, oh. and that, or, or sometimes that they come specifically in the winter um, which relates to starvation and relates to sort of a uh, sort of like quote dead like nature environment um, so when you start like reading more about like different kinds of Wendigos or thematic things that um, are involved mm. in those it's sort of like Oh my gosh, if I knew what a Wendigo was before this book, yeah. would I have like yep. gotten it way sooner? You know what I mean? Like yeah. would Scott have shown up and I would have been like, oh, I know what shit's going down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a Wendigo. Yeah, it really makes me wonder. Yeah. I'm excited you know, to read that afterward then. Yeah. I I um I read that little bit at the afterward and I was like, same reaction. I 
missed all of those cues. Totally. Um, yeah, because I just didn't know. And I'm kind of glad because I think I would have been more freaked out. Because mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I was freaked out, but more so in like that hyper-realistic, like this could happen to me. I could lose access to everything and then have to like survive on my own. Um, but not the supernatural bit. Cause I was like, well, I think like, we don't know what that is. I don't think there's like a scary thing in the woods. I think it's just like a weird phenomenon that's happening. But had I known about the Wendigo, I think I would have been, been more things to be scared of. <laughs> yeah. been a little freaked. <laughs> well, I think for me, that's what makes the book so good. Like when I finished cool. it, I will fully admit when I finished the book, I was like, and, and I, I hate that I'm about to say it this way. Cause it feels really minimizing, but I was like, that's it. Like the story is that like, yeah, this guy comes and he like comes up with this sort of like fucked up, start like cannibalist sort of situation because everybody's starving which is more in context than other things you could you know sort of attach cannibalism to um and then they shoot him and then it's done like i was like wait what um but then like learning a little bit more and i haven't dug nearly deep enough um but like learning a little bit more i was like holy shit because i think vicky the thing is like everything that I think we know literally happens in the book is stuff that can just happen. All the events in the book can happen in a yeah. fully realistic situation. Um, and I think that's what makes it scary. And then I think the the fact that there is this, um, basically they, it, it sounds like the author took maybe inspiration from Wendigo tales and just made a very hyper-realistic version of mm-hmm. it. Maybe mm-hmm. I think is what makes it really cool and really mm-hmm. sort of like, damn, this is the type of thing I would have talked about in like a literature course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sort of like the tradition and folklore that inform mm-hmm. the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I- I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. yeah. There's like, I don't know. There's something there. I feel like um, with us specifically, uh, like three white people reading this book, totally missing out. I like that it's yeah. in the afterward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally missing nice. out on things. And then afterwards reading about it and you all did so thank you for doing that i'm going to as soon as we fit well tomorrow i will say the author does yeah i know right the author (laughs) does still make you work for a little bit because i did have to like do further reading i like like that though yeah yeah um because then it enriches the story in ways that if you're not in the cultural no you need to work to earn uh, which is part of i don't know part of also like if scott weren't the worst you know, oh I think about the other survivors that came later where they're like, we're trying to figure stuff out. We're not terrible, but we're also not great, but we'll learn some things and like yep. try to help out, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like there's something there that I can't fully name, but I like that. I like oh, that I the mean, author yeah. did that. The effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, I, I like, I think Wendigo stories are often sort of considered Colon- like colonialism stories so mm. i think oh, i think this is also like sense. Yeah. yeah i mean i think they i think they existed pre I don't, I don't know i don't know i should i should stop but um i think there's a natural a natural sort mm. of progression there and i'm not making that up i was reading a little bit about that 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 interpretation as well but i think this even without all that context like you can kind of pull the the sort of colonialism mm-hmm. metaphor uh out of this because it's like white guy comes in and starts you know, own quote owning the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hmm. it's a good yeah. book. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a rough book. Read it really with good. other people if you want to read it, so you can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Sometimes uh, media is really really good and not necessarily like fun, <laughs> but really yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this falls in that category. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I would say like the thrillery bits were fun. Not and not maybe not fun, but like <sighs> entertaining. Like I, you sure. know, but offset with some heavy, heavy stuff. I was yeah. compelled throughout. Yes, I think that's a good. Way yeah, to it's like a it's a slow burn. Like I, yeah. After I finished, I went back to the beginning just to like read a couple pages to be like how did this start again because mm-hmm. so much happens and it starts out and i mean is very mundane throughout most of it so it is a very slow burn but i think mm-hmm. it speaks to the intensity of the like of the moments that 
are in there that are heightened, that's like, you know, 90% of the book is slow burn. Maybe Mm -hmm. 10% is like, oh my gosh. But oh my gosh is like really, oh my gosh. Yeah, I could see, and I didn't look, but I could see this being the type of book that ends up on lots of people's, unfortunately, like lots of people's like did not finish Mm. shelves on like Goodreads because it really takes a long time to like get to um, stuff that doesn't feel sort of mundane. It's, I found it really interesting, um, probably because I don't, I don't know much about Mm -hmm. reservation life and communities, you know, so, and that's not. That's not what the book exists for, but like that kept me interested, even when it wasn't necessarily uh, thrilling. Yeah. I hope other people at least gave it, you know, the shot that it deserves. Yeah. What are what are folks thinking thumb wise? I would give it a thumbs up. Currently giving it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. And I I didn't really have a hard time. Like I read it really fast. Like Mm -hmm. I would have thought it was like physically a lot shorter than it was because I did kind of consume it pretty quickly. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I think I went on a journey for sure. There were definitely points <laughs> in the book where I think I would have been like, Oh no, I'm worried. This is going to be like a thumbs down just mm. cause I was worried. Nothing, not nothing was going to happen, but like it was never going, there weren't going to be levels, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the book, I was like, okay, like I feel positive about this book. I don't know if it's like a full thumbs up. And then I looked more into the, context and i was like oh shit so it's like it's a full thumbs up for me yeah good yeah i think based on our conversation i would give it a thumbs up coming in like i said i literally just finished reading it before we recorded so i'm like actively processing with y'all so thanks for doing this um and after talking with y'all i think i give it a thumbs up too i i wish i took it slower (laughs) i wish i didn't wait until the very last like mm-hmm. day to just cram it all in because it did it felt heavy for me but it, it was good and especially now i'm gonna who knows it's it's late at night but i'm still might end up down a rabbit hole <laughs> reading about supernatural um things that can cause cannibalism just so who knows stay off the google images i mean i think oh, classic, oh, yeah. classic I depictions aren't that scary but like interpretations of it are kind of scary yeah um so I have nightmares. I think descriptions of it you'll be fine because the descriptions don't sound that that monstrous. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you read Moon of the Crusted Snow and want to let us know what you thought, um, especially if we're missing out on any of that context, feel free to email us at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at novelgamingpod. And if you like our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen, because if you like it, someone else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. We would super love it. And of course, we will be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode. Bye. 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 Bye.